0: Welcome to Jazz's Losers, the podcast where we discuss entertainment media. I'm your host Preston, joined as always by my
1: delightful co-host... Matt Matt. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, and start a fight in the comments. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, we did. It took us (laughs) a solid number of tries. Gage, maybe you can put that at the end.
0: If there's anything you disagree with us, disagree disagree with us. There it goes. (laughs) Uh, Put it in the comments, whether it be on uh, SoundCloud or on YouTube or wherever you're listening or watching this. Yep. Uh, Put it in the comments. And we will defend it to the death.
1: Yeah, just know this. If you disagree with us, you're wrong. If you disagree with other commenters, good. Yes, more. Blood, yeah. That's fun. what
0: certifying the comments means. Is yes. We we want to incentivize the toxicity in YouTube comments. Mm-hmm. That's a <laughs> we're bad people. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what you been up to? Very
1: little. Uh-huh. Um I've been chipping through Watchmen a little more, the mm-hmm. original comic from nineteen eighty five, not the the movie from 2009, not the um, uh, TV show from 2019. 2019? 2019.
0: Yeah, maybe yeah. 19.
1: Yeah, late 19. Um, which are also both perfectly enjoyable on their own right, but mm-hmm. they are not the original Alan Moore transcendent masterpiece. So good, man. Yeah. I need So to, good.
0: I need to go back and read them. We need to do... We've talked about doing this a little bit. Uh, actual comic reviews. Yeah. Um, and I think uh i think ones that we're very familiar with and can analyze really Mm -hmm. well would be better ones
1: i would Um, really like to do i think long halloween would be a good one to start with yeah it's popular i don't love it but i don't know exactly why i don't love it Mm -hmm. yeah
0: it'll happen coming to you maybe on youtube i don't know coming soon to ears
1: and or eyes near you
0: yeah that's that's the right way to put it something ears like and or eyes because maybe we'll do both maybe we'll just do one who something,
1: knows. something something's gonna happen
0: yeah so you've been uh, not not to a whole lot just reading uh, we're
1: reading we're reading watchman we, we're reading watchman <laughs> yep uh which is uh it's great um yeah the uh the the first eight issues or so um kind of alternate plot and backstory mm-hmm. um and all of them kind of further the plot to some degree, but most of them are kind of backstory centric. There's a, a Doctor Manhattan wandering around Mars, remembering what it was like to be Doctor Manhattan, mm-hmm. um, and I guess remembering how it is to be Doctor Manhattan. Um, yeah, verb remembering... tenses get a little weird with yeah. him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> remembering how it has have been has where how it has had been. Yeah. No. Both remembering Maybe? both how it has been how it was and how it will be and how it is to be of Dr. Manhattan yes all simultaneously
1: yes there we go yes we've we've wrapped him up there in a nice blue package speaking of blue packages yep. boy does he got a blue package he does it's uh you don't see very much of it in the comic but it's it's there it's kind of just
0: yeah it's an amazon package they just mm-hmm. delivered it to his doorstep yeah and instead of a brown box with a blue smile it was a blue box with a brown smile mm-hmm. and he was like oh hey my dildo <laughs>
1: uh like Deviated from the show from the sexual
0: partner brought it right
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's uh it's great it's um it's densely densely written but like it never feels complicated you're always you know what you need to know when you need to know it yeah um i imagine if you're paying attention the first time through you can catch the twist um there's a lot of little details that kind of give stuff away oh yeah um
0: I was like, what twist? Because it's, it's like saying in Star Wars Episode Five, like, oh, right. you can see
1: the twist coming.
0: What twist?
1: Yeah. It just is the way that it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of those one of those classics like that. Yeah. Um, just, Actually, I don't
0: think a lot of people know. I don't think... Because Watchmen it's, is a...
1: It is a bit more of a cult property. Yeah. Um, which is a darn shame, because it's great. Yeah. It's awesome. It's transcendent. I
0: feel like a lot of people watch the Watchmen show... Without having read or seen the movie. Or...
1: I wonder if that did happen. Cause, I, yeah.
0: You know, they probably didn't get awfully far.
1: I don't know. That, I the, mean, the first the, one, it was like. The first couple episodes. Uh, yeah. oh, well, no, because then it does kind of. There's probably
0: a point where they go, I have no idea what the hell's going on, and yeah. this is just, it's just weird for the sake of weird. I mean, it does tell an interesting story. Yeah. That you can. I think it does. A... Decent, I don't know, because I I haven't, I've read the comic before. Yeah. I haven't read it recently, and it's, and I didn't read all the inner stuff.
1: I think, I think the problem is the ultimate point of the plot is tied into stuff that you wouldn't know about unless you've actually read the comic.
0: Yeah. It's one of those shows that it's, it's a really good show, but a lot of people when it first came out were probably like, oh, it's a comic thing, whatever. And then like my, my parents Mm -hmm. haven't read the comic. Haven't watched the movie, mm-hmm. but they know about this one HBO show that's really good, and mm-hmm. I've definitely talked it up. So yeah. they're gonna watch it. Yeah. But like having that part spoiled, like I recommend that they go back and watch the movie first. Like recommend you go watch the movie first because things are gonna make a lot watch, more
1: sense. Watch the comic first. Watch the comic.
0: <laughs> that's watch, what I meant to say. What I would say is watch the comic. Or, pff, ah, you I'm got in his head. Watch <laughs> the movie, and then read the Wikipedia on how the comic differs from the movie. And then, just simplicity's sake, because not everyone can get their hands on the comic. It's well, a lot I easier can. to rent. The... It's the
1: only comic that's like in every public library in the country. Okay, well, I don't know don't if that's actually true. Well, but it's also
0: easier don't. to rent a movie.
1: It's, uh, it's a it's, much it's, it's less
0: it's te- like less. Yeah,
1: yeah, but I mean, so much of the the themes and stuff are wrapped yeah, up with like little nuances in the.
0: Don't be an elitist. They can watch the movie and get the plot. And then go back and look on on, the, on Wikipedia and learn
1: how the, ba- how the end is different than the beginning. But that's not the important part. The important part's all the little backstory nuggets. Not for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Hooded justice and all that no, stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's really important. That's the whole point of the darn thing.
0: Just agree to disagree.
1: <laughs> no. Disagree <laughs> to Disagree. You don't get to walk away from me with a disagreement like that. Well, given that we're at 12 minutes already and we've only talked about Watchmen,
0: Of course I think like we should move on. Of course, like seven
1: of those were us trying to get the intro out on time. <laughs>
0: That's true. Uh,
1: yeah, I've also still been reading Annihilation. I was really hoping to have finished it by today, um, but I haven't. I have about 20 pages left. My reread, so I know what happens yeah i'm kind of realizing that this is probably a book where you have to read the entire trilogy to actually appreciate it Mm. because it's almost deliberately obfuscating a bunch of stuff and you're Mm -hmm. like i feel like i've had a better sense of what was actually going on here i'd appreciate it more and i'd kind of understand the themes but it's just like it's slippery it's hard to grasp onto exactly Mm -hmm. what it's getting at and it's it's interesting and it's challenging but at some point you're like is there actually substance there yeah you don't really know and i i had that same problem with the movie it's like wow this is really pretty i'm thinking about some interesting things the music's really cool i don't think it means anything
2: yeah
1: at least not at above like a superficial level so i don't know i'm excited to read the the rest of the trilogy subsequently but cool we'll we'll see um I had been doing something. Oh, I remember what it was. Um, I've been listening to the music of a guy named Grandson, per your dad's recommendation, actually.
0: Oh, what? Yeah. Oh. Don't talk to my dad.
1: <laughs> I didn't. He posted it on Facebook. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he posted to the music video. It's like, hey, you should, everyone should watch this. This is this is kind of cool.
0: Is it classical? No. Oh.
1: It's uh, sort of... Um, uh, I guess I, I don't really know where genres delineate but it's it's sort of rock rap um kind of got a punk vibe to it Mm -hmm. he's a weird angry little dude um (laughs) it's really the best way to describe him what was his name grandson grandson all lowercase um of course yeah no he's a a
0: weird okay (laughs) i'm gonna say this real quick this is this kind of has something to do with that with music in general these days two of my favorite bands do it but holy shit, stop doing the trend where you make all of your song titles all lowercase. Billie Eilish did it, Half Alive did it, just have normal capitalizations. Like
1: I, I... Thanks, E.E. E. Cummings. Huh? Famous early, in, or I guess mid-20th century poet E.E. E. Cummings, who famously had lowercase letters for their name.
0: Oh. Huh.
1: You uncultured yeah, uncultured swine. You know.
0: But it's just, it's everyone does it. And it's, like, it's eccentric when, like, a couple people do it. But, like, mm-hmm. once it becomes a thing that everyone's doing it, like, because then I think Mac Miller did it on Circles. Well, mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know if it was his decision or if it was the producer's decision afterwards. Yep. Um, because Mac Miller died before that one came out. Um... I don't know, it's just everyone does it, and I'm just like, stop it with the lowercase things.
1: See, I never appreciated E.E. E. Cummings, because I was always like, why are you doing this stupid lowercase thing? That's like, it's dumb and lame, but I guess he started it, so. Yeah. Maybe I should appreciate it. E. He was more. the eccentric one. Yeah.
0: one of the E's stand stood for.
1: Yeah, it's not Edward Eslin Cummings, it's Edward eccentric. eccentric. yeah. Anyway. But with an E. What? Leave it in the comments if you got it. <laughs> It's a very stupid joke. Okay, <laughs> doesn't make any sense, honestly. Uh, yeah, uh, grandson. Um, he's a weird, angry little man that writes angry music. Um, often just not not just ham-fistedly hammering the point, but like gratuitously. I'm gonna take a sledgehammer and I'm gonna beat you in the nose until the point is literally in your brain.
0: Okay what's the what's his 10 what's it what's his tendency to dance around like um topically is it like like Uh, anti-establishment political it's emotional
1: political it's it's definitely political um anti-establishment like um real world issues there's one about uh like police shootings and police violence Mm -hmm. um one's about uh drug overdoses um one about uh it's kind of a almost a narrative story about a an old guy who um like loses his job or something and so he, he goes and uh robs a store or something mm-hmm. um just yeah he's kind of that got that punk anti-establishment things are terrible make a lot of noise yeah kind of guy all right um and you like him he's a weird angry little guy <laughs> all right <laughs> no so, I, I some of his stuff is really catchy i've listened to a couple of those songs several times in the past couple of weeks mm-hmm. um uh yeah it's a i have no frame of reference to critique this sort of stuff but yeah. it, it strikes me as relatively interesting musically mm-hmm. and it's like um he he is pretty obvious and ham-fisted with a lot of his points but he sometimes finds interesting ways to get there yeah. so yeah it's kind of kind of cool all right yeah.
0: I mean, every point is obvious. If someone has a message in a song, every point's obvious, depending on how perceptive you are. Hmm. I mean, if you if you read the uh. lyrics of uh, "Killing in the Name," like, depending on like what you're thinking about, like it can just be like, "Oh yeah, he's saying a whole bunch of words angrily," but then like, I don't know. It it was one of those things that I never really caught on to until I actually read the lyrics, and then it was pretty ham-fistedly look there's kkk people in our police i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> that's what these songs are about <laughs> they're uh, very anti-establishment mm-hmm. and i like them uh ah, anything else uh,
1: oh, that sound ah. <laughs> uh uh played in the last round of the state's chess cup we lost to a pretty wimpy kansas team which is kind of disappointing mm. um lost by one point um I played badly, but so did everyone else, so mm. it's okay. You're a disappointment. I know.
0: Now nah, I'm proud of you, kid. No, you're not. Don't tell me that I'm not uh-huh. proud of you, kid. I'm gonna go places.
1: I think I had some very creative ideas, but I just I didn't have the, the energy to sustain it through an entire game. You'll go places.
0: I hope it's soon and very far away that you'll go places. Okay. <laughs> the fact that I had to say the first line of that joke... Again, ruin it. Get the fuck <laughs> He's literally walked out the door. Well I guess I'm doing this episode. News. Uh <laughs> Guess who's back? Uh you're not on video, so huh. Did that come on yeah, did. Wow, what a weird episode. Sit down and <laughs> News <laughs> Wait, I didn't <laughs> I didn't do my watch up to Oh. Anything else?
1: Nope. What you been up to?
0: Uh <laughs> so I watched What did we watch? Oh, uh, 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 uh. I've watched many things. So, Gage was here last week. Um, and why we were we here? Gage! Um, we watched uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of Wind.
1: Ah, yes. Uh, the uh, um, uh, Studio Ghibli. Yes. I have been,
0: I've begun preparing for a Studio Ghibli uh, episode. Oh, I need to start
1: watching some of those.
0: They are... So, Nausicaa is... I, really, I liked it a lot. I was also high, so I didn't really retain a whole lot of it. But I did mm-hmm. genuinely enjoy it. The problem I had with it is that it's... I think this might be something with anime, but I don't have a big enough frame of reference to mm-hmm. make this a claim. But from what I've seen, anime struggles with the fact that their main character are just perfect. Like, her, like Nausicaa's character flaw is that she cares too much about the environment. And it's mm-hmm. like... And is is too sweet of a person, mm-hmm. and it's like it's her against like a a jaded militaristic government war thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Miyazaki loves trees. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is that is a big thing in uh, in uh, Nausicaa, and it's also a big thing in My Neighbor Totoro, which I watched mm-hmm. two nights ago. Ah. Uh, that is a Studio Ghibli for kids, um, okay, because it is very kid friendly it's rated g mm-hmm. um
1: are they not all rated? well no
0: no cuz there's pg13 games. oh
1: yeah princess mononoke is yeah pretty bloody
0: um which uh, i guess was not a watching this one was not a great one to introduce my girlfriend to anime in general mm. I'm not a huge anime person i'm not like a weeb um but, that's
1: exactly what a weeb would say no that's that's not what a weeb not, would say no, i know that's one really weeb not.
0: who exactly would say that who does say that I'm looking into the camera, but it's not video, but they know who, they know who I'm talking about Mm because they listen to this. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, it, it's very carefree and like child friendly and it doesn't really suck you in and it's like two little girls. And also, it's really interesting how Miyazaki can do so many movies about little girls and not seem like a pedophile. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like, it's, I don't know. It's kind of wholesome. Um, but uh, My Neighbor Totoro is... I found it hilarious, actually. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, the neighbor Totoro. So basically there's this girl... These, these, this family um, where the father's professor and then two young girls who move to the country. Um, and it's them kind of, like, finding their place. Their mom is sick and in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and... While exploring the younger one comes across a some sort of forest spirit neighbor named Mm -hmm. Totoro. And Totoro is hilarious, is just Snorlax, but a fuzzy bunny. Um, That's
1: a good combo right there.
0: And it's it's really amusing. uh, And it's just it's it was very different because a very different perspective between me and my girlfriend because my girlfriend is an older sibling and I'm a younger sibling uh-huh. and one of the things about the two sisters is that little sister follows the big sister around everywhere and does everything the big sister does which you as an older sibling <laughs> might also understand the irritation of that.
1: Well, honestly, me and my brother, like, we would go to extremes to do opposite yeah, stuff. Yeah, I guess
0: that's some. like, I think, I think it's different with, I don't because I would kind of do that too with my sister i would kind of like try to do
1: i would actively try to get him to do the same things as me so we could actually like bond (laughs) bond and do sibling activities
0: Yeah. uh, when we were watching i was just like this is kind of amusing and my girlfriend was like this is so annoying to watch because it just brings me back to when my brother would just follow (laughs) me around all the time (laughs) um But no, it was, uh, I don't think it was a great introduction to anime because it was so very just like, okay, in my defense, I chose Studio Ghibli because they're not particularly, like they're a little thought provoking, but you don't have to think during, you can sit down and enjoy it. Yeah. And my girlfriend did say she was tired and she didn't want to think during the movie. So that pretty much like nixed most of the movies that I want to introduce her to. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, let's do one that I haven't seen yet. This one looks fun. Mm -hmm. And I was just like. You don't have to. I'm watching it. I'm like, you really don't have to think for this movie. There's really not a whole lot. Like you can delve into it and talk about. Oh, yeah, like, sure the, the themes of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you can just watch it. Yeah. And I think pretty sure she fell asleep about halfway through. And I'm just like, uh, bummer. Shame. <laughs> oh well. Uh, but no, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm I have so far not not enjoyed a single Studio at Ghibli, which is a good sign. I've seen about four or five of them. All right. I need to rewatch Spirited Away, but I just have. I have a resistance to it because we watched it when I was a kid, and it creeped the out of me. Like I believe it. <laughs> like I was a child when we watched it, and There's it was
1: some mild, moderately disturbing stuff in there. There
0: is, and like, and it just it when you're a child. From what I remember, Spirit Away does uh, really isolates the child. Yeah, like, it, it does the thing where like it's a. It's a child getting lost in an unfamiliar situation, yep. and that terrified me as a kid mm-hmm. because I'm an extrovert. And dude, I still live—I don't live with my parents, but I live ten <sighs> minutes away from my parents. Mm-hmm. Despite being fine with moving away from my parents now that I am a big boy in the real world, mm-hmm. I just—I've never been led to be apart from my parents for more than like a couple couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So even when I was a kid, I was just like, I can't fathom. Having my parents be turned into pigs and taken away from me. (laughs) Like, so it was traumatizing for me as a kid. And I know I need to go back and watch it. But, like, it's Mm -hmm. just that that memory of having seen it. It's pretty Uh, great. But, yeah, so I watched those things. Um, I finished Dracula, finally. And... How's the ending? Anticlimactic. All right. Like, it anticlimactic. I'm going to leave it there for anyone who may want to eventually read it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't expect the movie classic, like big battle scene with Dracula in the end. Oh, Like I'm getting like the last chapter and it's just like, and he's still in a certain situation. I'm just like, is this going to end so different from a normal book or a normal, like just plot? And sure enough, very anticlimactic, but still, like, satisfying in some ways.
1: Sometimes the anticlimactic ones are the satisfying ones. Yeah.
0: And once I finished that, I finally got to read get to my giant, thick stack of to-reads. And I read the two... I finished... Oh, God, I've read so much. Uh, I finished uh justice league 3000 which is it's the year 3000 the justice league is not long dead and mm-hmm. but people find a way to bring them back from the dead in a certain fancy way that drives the plot and it's kind of interesting but it's pretty shitty um <laughs> <laughs> there's an interesting plot in there somewhere it's one of those things yeah where, like, you, yeah. yeah uh and then there's katana i read katana which is a 12 okay. issue thing uh, following um tatsu uh the the asian katana chick um
1: that's a great way to put it
0: and it does hmm how do i put this they seem to have not agreed how they want the lore to exist with the sword clan and the weapon clans that they introduced in the green arrow comics Mm. um good old yep jeff lemire right him like, that story. Remember, like, back when I read it, and it was, like, mm-hmm. the first two volumes were, like, these are pretty bad. And then the, last, and the next four volumes were amazing. And now I understand why I see the actual collect, like, the Jeff Lemire's run. Like, the, you know it's a good run when they collect it as Green Lantern by Jeff Lemire, or Green Arrow by Jeff Lemire. Like, yeah. It's a good run. And Andrea Sorrentino, Sorrentino, which I will get to in a minute. Um, And so it, it w- there was just differences in the lore that I don't know when they placed it. But it doesn't matter when they place it if it's they introduced these parts before that happened in the Green Arrow run mm-hmm. or after. But either way, it just didn't line up. It wasn't like oh, this is just like a less less revealed version of the Ultimate thing. It was different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it yeah yeah no, I don't. I I'm choosing to take it as. Uh, the way the Huntress is, the Huntress 8-issue uh, thing, where it's Helena Bertinelli, a different character from the actual Huntress that's in the main lines. Okay. Um, I don't think that's how they intended it to be, but it that's how I'm taking it, just to preserve my knowledge of what actually exists in the lore. Um, Fair enough. But also the writing, so the writer is, is an Asian female, so I'm glad they did it justice. All right. uh, I believe she's actually Japanese. Um could be incredibly wrong. What's her name? I don't know. I, I looked it up. Uh she is actually primarily a journalist. Um and she's done a little little few things here and there. Um I don't like the way the pacing is god awful. The story is kinda interesting, like the mystery and the reveal and the mm-hmm. unraveling of the mystery and stuff like that. Um, and the characters are interesting, but the pacing is just weird. Because it seems to jump weeks at a time, but doesn't give time tags or location uh, tags. That's
1: always really unsatisfying.
0: And it's just like, wait, where are they? How long has it been? Like, how has she healed? It's just the the pacing and even the dialogue pacing feels uncomfortable. Where they're like saying things and it kind of it su- suffers a little bit from... Um, i think it was keith giffen i can't remember who wrote the um first run of or the first volume of the green arrow where the uh the dialogue takes longer than the panel remotely indicates um yeah and so there's a couple moments of that but uh, overall it was a pretty entertaining like they took some new liberties with the soul taker sword and stuff like that then once i got through that then i got to read aquaman and the others by Dan Juergens. Hey! I learned a new thing about my opinion of Dan Juergens. Okay. He has interesting story ideas, but his writing style is stuck in the 90s. Oh.
2: Because
0: Aquaman and the Others. So the Others, this is like this team that existed before Aquaman joined the Justice League. Um, that mm-hmm. There's uh, Yawara, which is a, she kind of has a spiritual connection with the with the Brazilian Rainforest um there is uh prisoner of war who uh he actually he the souls of his brother he was in the military Mm -hmm. souls of his brothers that died with him are with him like he's with he has the the spirits of the souls so like they can actually talk to him and his whole thing is that he uh i'm ignoring the ice (laughs) in your mouth um clearly by pointing it out yep um he goes around, like, he goes to their families and talk, and they can kind of, like, embody through him to talk okay. to their families. So
1: he's just a really, really specific medium.
0: Yeah. Yeah, basically. All right. And that one has that one has some really interesting plot threads that play through to the second half of the, the two books. Um, what? I know. I'm going to go oh. when I'm done talking. Okay. Um, and so there's, there's those two. There is Vostok, who is a Russian military or russian guy who was trained for the purpose of isolation so that he could live on a moon base and uh, he lived on a moon base so that he could be the one he's a he's a cosmonaut he's Mm -hmm. trained to be a cosmonaut so that he can go out and survive the the isolation of space alone
1: like luther except that wrought irreparable psychological damage to him luther from umbrella academy
0: oh oh yeah, yeah 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 um I was thinking like the uh, Idris Elba Luther, and I was like, "Oh, no!" Yeah. <laughs> or Martin Luther, also no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's them. There is uh, who am I drawing a blank on? There's the Seer who kind of changes the role, um, but she um, Saye, uh Muslim character, which is always nice to see. Muslim mm-hmm. characters handled not being a terrorist, um, and she's uh, she's the younger sister of the original Seer um that an aquaman obviously and I'm drawing a blank if there's i think there's another one but i can't i'm it's oh uh 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 the operative who is a super old guy mm-hmm. who is just like the CIA, CIA on steroids like he's okay. like that kind of guy where he's just like and eh, he he knows how to do like break and enter and like all mm-hmm. like the crazy espionage he's the espionage guy
1: he's just and- james bond
0: but older and way more willing to just people over.
1: So he's uh, a <laughs> cynical, hardened old James Bond that used to be Sean Connery in the 60s, but now he's grown up and gotten old and bitter.
0: And he's gone rogue, but like real rogue, <laughs> where he doesn't actually have any loyalties to any any organization. Sounds good. And they're all really, really interesting characters with really interesting dynamics and like yeah. a lot of interesting stuff that can be done with them that kind of was done with them. But, like, the dialogue and the way exposition is done is just, like, from, like, the 60s where it's like, Oy. ah, yes, with the power of my mighty staff, I can do this. Like, stop talking and just do it. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: Get with the times.
0: And I think that's just Dan Jurgens. I think he just writes the dialogue. I need to go back and read his other stuff to see if that sticks. Because now I'm able to, having read more comics and gotten more uh, more critical with reading comics, I'm able to actually kind of see that, see mm-hmm. through things. And I'm curious if the rest of his stuff is like that. I need to go back and read the Death of Superman and see if it's like that.
1: From what I remember, the Death of Superman, and I've read about the first six pages of the Death of Superman. It seems like he was writing an awful lot more words than he really needed to mm. to convey what the actual exactly. thing that was going on was. He is
0: way too loquacious for mm-hmm. what he needs to be doing. Like uh,
1: loquacious, I like it. That's a it's a good solid word, right there.
0: Oh, that's well, yeah. That was, that's one of my favorite words. It was when we learned it in like sixth grade. I was like. Mm-hmm that's me <laughs> <laughs> and this was like very talkative. And I'm like, me. <laughs> I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I actually did that in class. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, there's interesting stories and there is an, it is an interesting story. I actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. If I could put myself past the expositional dialogue, Um, Then you look at what's is it
1: it something that would be adaptable very well.
0: Yes, I was actually thinking about that because I've been thinking about that a lot. Reading this kind of stuff, Uh, Mm -hmm. reading Dracula, um, I was like, how could how was this stuff that's adapted? And I think it could. I think Aquaman and the others would be a really interesting movie. You could do a movie with it. Mm I it would need to be a sequel where they introduce the characters early on mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the movie or early uh, in a previous movie so I don't think they can do it with Man 2 mm-hmm. um, but no th- there is an interesting a really interesting dynamic with it mm-hmm. um, that I I was going to try to rate them with my movie scale kind of like my okay. opinion okay. uh so 3000 is a is a 3 okay just like 3000 is just
1: lines up 3000 3
0: uh katana is a five it's like okay i, I read if someone's like, if we're gonna do an episode on katana i'll go read it again mm-hmm. um aquaman and the others is i would put it about a seven honestly okay at least the second volume i think the first volume has some issues so that's more of like maybe a six five or six uh but the second volume is Having let us learn about the characters already, like this is the second movie with them in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a seven. seven. It was thoroughly <laughs> enjoyable. Um, yeah. And, and it did some really good reveals of the characters. The mm-hmm. Prisoner of War, one of his dudes, like, really plays a part. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's an interesting book. If, if I were to get someone to read a bunch of Aquaman stuff to learn a lot about Aquaman, I'd be like, if you get through them all, you could read this one. Like, you read the Peter David, you read the Jeff Johns. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's really any other ones. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a whole lot of pivotal ones. Um,
1: For what it's worth, Watchmen's a 12.
0: Okay. (laughs) So a 10. (laughs) No, a 12. Okay. Um, And then I've begun reading uh, Batman Ego.
1: Ah yes, I saw uh, it on your on your table.
0: A little tired when I started reading it, and mm-hmm. the first few pages are really hard to read when you're not like cognizant because the dialogue is in cursive.
1: Yeah, it's the, the <laughs> Batman from the like year one style where it's yeah.
0: I was just like it took it took me a while to read the first like four pages because I'd have to keep rereading it to like okay I got all the words now I'm gonna read the sentence like (laughs) like, do like a couple passes to get them all
1: yeah it's like trying to translate a foreign language almost
0: yeah Um, and I'm very excited to see I'm only about like six pages in and I'm really excited to see how they bring that to um, Batman Uh, with just like the him being like. what am what am I doing? Like, what is this? Like, is this mm-hmm. is this worth it? Um, which is going to be a great story to be told in the Batman movie. Yeah, and I am super stoked to read the rest of my stack because I bought two more books. Hey, what'd you buy? I bought Ed Brubaker's Criminal. Cool. And oh, the first first volume because I'm continuing my trend of buying the first volume of great stories, and then maybe eventually I'll get the rest of them yep and then i got um uh, i've been seeing this shit all over instagram because i follow andrea sorrentino uh jeff lemire and andrea sorrentino's gideon falls which i, I hear have been is very, amazing i've been very
1: interested in that
0: and i love the two of them and i love ed brubaker so yeah. i was just like i was gage wanted to go to uh, wizards and mm-hmm. so we were just there and i was like well, I've got to buy one, get one 25% off. Might as well just get two small ones and sure. those two are small. So I just like, put them right under Batman Ego so I can continue to wait until I have the full set of the, uh, whatever his name is, the Green Arrow run. The big Green Arrow run.
1: Jeff Lemire? Nope. Oh, the big one, like the big one. from the big like, one. Where
0: it was like, it was in Vertigo for a while because it was like, hey, let's just do adult content. Because mm. it was like, it was back when, I'm going to, I'll talk more about it once I've read it, but it was basically like, hey, uh, we got this character that is really goofy. This is Green Arrow, I'm Robin <laughs> And no one wants to write anything. And it was around the time when they were like, it was the, it was the bust. So they canceled mm-hmm. a whole bunch of lines. This guy came along and he was just like, What? What if I just wrote like this three issue run, that's just like for adult readers, and mm-hmm. that's where Longbow Hunters came from, and everyone was like, "This is damn amazing," and they're like, "Hey, you want to write the next five years?" <laughs> uh, how am I drawing a blank on his name? Uh,
1: I'm googling it. I'm
0: gonna punch myself.
1: Yeah, uh, look up
0: Longbow Hunters, you'll get it. While you're looking, it Mike up, I'm gonna... Grell. Yes. Mike Grell, yes, that's who it is. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited to read it. Uh, mm-hmm. I showed you the stack. I'm gonna, t- I'll actually take a picture of and put on my story. It's funny because, I guess it just must have been the way that he was writing and didn't really have faith that they were gonna let him keep writing. Uh-huh. So he started. He wrote the first one's three issues. That's the Longbow Hunters. Then he wrote uh, the first first few issues of his run of his. Um, of his run mm-hmm. and was probably not setting up any large runs so it's only about like four or five issues i don't know how many exactly but it's a small one about mm-hmm. the same size and then like he's like all right i've got a little bit more time like i'm gonna build a bigger story so like and they usually bunch them in right and little uh storylines and so the next one's bigger and then he's like all right i got a little bit more space I'm gonna, and then they're just like yeah we'll keep renewing your contract yeah. longer and the stack every book just gets bigger and bigger boop, 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 and i got boop, boop. seven today and it's The same size as six, so I'm wondering if it's gonna like even out to that thickness. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens when I get eight and nine, which are on their way. Cool. Yeah, no, I'm real. I'm so excited to like these are the ones I've been excited to read because it's it's the trend I do with with buying and reading comics is that I buy a chunk of the new fifty two stuff, which has some good things in in there, Mm -hmm. but also has some pretty slogs. But Mm -hmm. like, if I was doing what I'm gonna do with Rebirth, like post 2016. I would cancel like most of my list, Mm -hmm. but I've set out early on to. I made the spreadsheet like I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna get all of the new fifty two that exists. Yeah, that there are some collections that just don't exist. Yeah, Um, I'm gonna do it. Okay. So like I have to slog through the Justice League three thousands through the Static Shocks. Remember that Uh. one? That's a. I think. I think that's a one. I think that's the Hellboy. Until I get a better Hellboy, that's the one. Yeah. Um <laughs> Basically there's the ten and there's the one, then everything's just in between. Yep. Um But like I this is the part that I love about reading comics is once I've slogged through like the, the the muck, then I get to the stack that's been growing of just the stuff that's really good and I know it is. Yeah. And I'm like, Yes, I get to read Gideon Falls and Criminal. Yep. <laughs> um so yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. Cool. Yes. And Good. listening to a lot of lo-fi because my workflow at work has moved from doing my job description to my degree, mm-hmm. which includes lots of data analytics and
1: actually I have to use your brain. No, no, oh.
0: no. It's uh, so we're migrating company data or dump uh, or company database to another company database, um, which is a lot of just export, translate, import. And it takes a while to validate data, which I will. This is the nerdiest thing that I've, I've been saying this all week. It's, so, it's such a nerdy thing. Validating data is one of the most satisfying things in the world because you, you're just like, hey, does this work? And it's like 50,000 errors. And I'm like, awesome, print error report. All the same error. Like, there's like, it's just three pages of the same error. And I'm like, ah, like fix that. Like, just change that variable. Mm-hmm. And then you send it back, and it's like, yes three errors and i'm like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's very satisfying cool and, no it, there's a lot of potential for me to actually use my degree that's person. that's pulling back the curtain on my personal life right there
1: there you go Woo! news what's the adjectival form of the word slog S- adject adic- adjectival um Sloggish. slogged
0: i think sloggish
1: sloggish slog
0: no that's past tense of slog oh right or slag
1: (laughs) sloggy sloggy sloggy.
0: slade wilson yeah anyway
1: anyway news yes uh we have a picture of tom holland as uncharted man Oh, we do. Nathan Drake. Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: Probably, I know what Tom Holland looks like, so.
1: Yeah, it looks like him, but <laughs> Indiana Jones yeah. without the hat. <laughs> yep. um, but Nolan North, who uh, voiced the character in the yep. video games, went to the set and uh, seemed very happy with stuff. Um, he said, quote, like looking in a mirror. Oh. I mean, like looking into a mirror. Well, I, um,
0: they don't look a lot alike. So no. Probably not. No but also he could be being paid to say that i'm sure Nolan north i don't think Nolan north has made himself uh one of the celebrities where like once they say something you're like yep i, I believe what you're saying right there are very few celebrities that do that i think jeff goldblum's one of them if he ever says anything and it's like yeah that's pretty authentic like authentic celebrities yeah that like have proven themselves to be authentic i'm not saying all celebrities are inauthentic
1: but all there celebrities are, are inauthentic. Yeah,
0: uh, but there are a few uh, celebrities. Who was the Oh, who did it recently? Who spoke out? Someone actually like promoted Biden and it was pretty big and it uh-huh. caused controversy because because he's someone who's very authentic. I can't remember who it is. It's going to come to me later. Anyway,
1: anyway, um, um?
0: we've seen a picture of uh, did we talked about this last week. That um Robert Pattinson, we've seen a picture of Batman or Bruce Wayne, uh Penguin and Catwoman all together. Yes. There's a set photo of that.
1: I think we mentioned that.
0: And I thought it was funny that the day before I think we did talk uh, the day yeah. before is when he said I haven't been on set with <laughs> Colin right. Farrell yet.
1: Aha <laughs> uh-huh. Um Speaking of the Batman is projected to film until early next year. Yep. Um, and then they'll do a bunch of editing and effects work, and then it'll be good. It'll be yeah. great, or it won't. We'll see. Who, Who knows? knows? Who can know? Uh, you know what is going to be great? Zack mm-hmm. Snyder's Justice League. That's the no, official title. No. It's the I official. I know what the news is. It's the official title. I know what the news is. You know what the good news I is?
0: Don't want to talk about it. Jared, let us no. back. No.
1: Probably oh just a God. little, like a little inclusion in the nightmare sequence or something. But we'll see. <laughs> Damn it.
0: Yeah, uh so good. Awesome. I thought we were done with him.
1: I'm still weirdly excited for this. I'm not. Cool. Good to know.
0: The thing is I am one I am ninety eight percent supportive mm-hmm. of preserving the artistic vision of a creator.
1: I'm probably like a solid seventy percent.
0: But not Zack Snyder. <laughs> he, <laughs> he is able to bring someone else's artistic vision to somewhat satisfactory fruition. Boy, Unless you Alan Moore.
1: Boy, did he really do justice to the Guardians of Ga'Hul book series.
0: Did he do those?
1: He did one movie based on those.
0: That I, I could not remember if there was multiple. I'd never watched it.
1: I never watched it. Oh. Books are pretty good. Or but at least they were for fourth good. grade me.
0: Watchman's good. Like, he can mm-hmm. do those things. Yeah. Soccer Punch is arguably terrible. Haven't seen it. But it's also his original... Con- like, it's... Tell his brain no. <laughs> tell his, 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 his ability, his directorial ability, yes. But tell his creative brain no. Because mm-hmm. when he has explicit, like source material he makes good movies but when he frankensteins <laughs> which i've talked about yeah several stories that don't fit together mm-hmm. well okay that can fit together but in very particular ways and require a lot longer time of establishment yeah it just doesn't work. And that's why I'm not excited for this. People are like, oh, yeah, like, we're finally getting Justice League, like, the Zack Justice League, and it's preserving artistic vision. It's mm-hmm. like, if we're preserving an artistic vision that is not, like, good.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> you're you're trying to tell that to the people that think that Dawn of Justice is a masterpiece because yeah. it's got themes or something. It doesn't. doesn't. It pretends to.
0: Mom, don't take mom's protect mommies
1: if god is all powerful then how can he be all good there's something oh, where lex luther that says him? that there's something where lex luther says that yeah
0: i thought that was neil degrasse tyson that said that
1: oh no it's uh, i mean it's a that's 200 year old oh, okay. or 2000 it's an old philosophical paradox but mm. mark zuckerberg says it in the movie Ah, yes uh, all
0: right well moving on
1: let's see a uh, couple of movies pushed back ghostbusters afterlife pushed back to june next year Candyman pushed back to some point summer next year um legally blonde three pushed back to may 2022 i didn't know that was happening but i'm on board and excited is that a good movie first one's good second one good haven't seen it all right then yeah first one's really solid all right it's perfectly enjoyable okay This
0: isn't like a condescending. All right, you're wrong. I have no frame of reference, so I'm just going
1: to let you say your things. Fair enough. Um, Some good news: Fast and Furious is ending. (gasps) Oh, F nine. Uh, no, ten and eleven are going to be a two part conclusion.
0: Oh my God! (laughs) Stop doing that. (laughs) It's
1: okay. They're bringing back uh, Justin Lin to direct. Um,
0: I'm so sick of that stop with the two part money grabbing shit
1: yeah I mean that really peaked with Twilight
0: <laughs> it was never good no one ever said that like no no like self respecting person when it comes to movie stuff has thought that this was a a smart idea.
1: For Avengers: Infinity War, Avengers: Endgame.
0: Those are not. It's not part one, part two. Kind of is. It kind of is, but it's, but they're both pretty self-contained movies. Yeah, it's true. Although I rewatched Endgame and I realized that it's basically if you watch the last fifteen minutes of any movie, that's really all Endgame is. Is the last yeah. fifteen minutes of the big old movie that is the MCU. Yeah. So. But also, I I am I was also kind of miffed when that one happened too. Yeah, like they just wanted a bigger fight scene. Like honestly, they yeah. could have. Like, but the, it. I mean, but you wanted, cheered
1: with the rest of us when that bigger fight scene I happened.
0: I did, but now actually thinking about it, looking back, like it didn't need to be. Some, sometimes it boy, doesn't. That movie was all fan service.
1: Yeah, sometimes it doesn't matter what you need though. Yeah, it matters what you want, but also not every damn franchise and, needs to do a two-part movie. Well, no, and, and, and I, I, I'd stand by Harry Potter. I think, I think Harry Potter made it work.
0: All right, I'll give you that one.
1: That one's fine. Hunger Games sure didn't. Probably turned what would have been a pretty solid movie into two. You know ones. what I
0: do like when they turn one book into three movies? Yeah. Have you ever seen the? Um, the pitch movie pitch meeting with screen from screen rant nope I don't like screen rant but you should watch some of their videos he's got like 250 of them and it's just one guy and he's like he's pretending to pitch a movie to the executive okay and they're pretty funny every single episode has one point where it's just like uh, not at all barely an inconvenience uh and basically <laughs> like oh like it'd be uh I imagine it'd be hard for them to do this not at all barely an inconvenience <laughs> Because, like it's just, I mean, it, he does it with good movies. He did it with the original, with the actual Lord of the Rings trilogy. He does mm-hmm. it with like all of the Marvel movies. He's got 250 movies,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they're all music. I literally watched like 20 of them today. They're all really fun. I recommend. That, that's something I've been up. I've okay. been up to. I recommend go go just watch. Yeah. I don't like screenwriting in general. I don't like listicle companies. That's just one guy mm-hmm. doing just a bit, and I think he's got his own channel that he does some fun stuff, but it's okay. just it's funny. it's like have you seen Godzilla King of Monsters yet? No uh, well, there's one spot where like it's a a really important piece of equipment and a girl that's under close guard. And he's like, and then she's going to go and take the equipment and get out of the facility. He's like, oh, I bet that's really hard because it's gritty. Not at all. Barely an inconvenience. <laughs> because she literally walks up to it, picks it up, and walks out. Like, it <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> and there's, like, the funny recurring joke of just, like, uh, uh, don't you think that they should be doing this? No, because I'm the writer, and I don't want them to be doing this. <laughs> like, that kind of
2: thing. It's like,
0: don't you think that it would make more sense if this person didn't do that he's like no but i want them to do it but shouldn't they not do that because it makes sense for them to not no but i'm the writer and i want them to do it because the plot (laughs) right and it's it's really funny very good i think you'd like it a lot it it really condenses down to about three minutes just everything wrong with every movie Mm -hmm. um but actually like plot wise and not big picture
1: sort of yeah yeah, and
0: not like the cinema sins where it's Mm -hmm. just like 20 minutes of credits or beginning credits like that kind of stuff yeah it's like genuine yeah anyway
1: anyway um well i just i had a thought that i'm really grateful that we don't live in a world where miramax did the entire lord of the rings trilogy as a single hour and a half movie and then the hobbit got split into three two and a half hour (laughs) movies (laughs) because that would just be unlivable
0: yeah (laughs) Uh, that almost happened i'm so glad that peter jackson had a backbone
1: yeah (laughs) at least the first time
0: (laughs) the first time (laughs) I maintain that he... Kinda yeah,
1: he kind of got railroaded into it. He
0: did. Yeah, he didn't... It's not that he didn't have a backbone for Hobbit. It's its just not something that he cared about. So yeah. He didn't want to have a backbone. Like, he cared about Lord of the Rings, so he stood up for what he believed in. But, like, when you're fighting for something that you don't give a shit about, I can't blame him for not having a backbone. You don't it's give fair. a shit about it. Yeah.
1: So. Yep. Yeah. Um, one other... And these are kind of more curiosities. Um... Avatar 2, it's like there's a lot of underwater stuff. Um, And so uh, Sigourney Weaver uh, trained to hold her breath underwater for six minutes consecutively for filming. Which is impressive, especially when you realize she's 70 years old.
0: No, she's not. You're lying to me right now. Don't show it to me. I don't want to believe your lies. I don't believe the internet. I don't believe you. You're fake news. She is forever 35
1: you know she's what 69, you're right she? she's not 70 she's 71 she just turned 71 two weeks ago see I
0: knew you lied to me
1: I was misinformed it was not a deliberate attempt to deceive you're uninformed she's also six foot she didn't know that me. yeah and she she's can also hold her breath
0: a powerhouse of a movie the movie actress <laughs> yep
1: she can also hold her breath longer than you yep and as long as Tom Cruise Mission Impossible 5, Tom Cruise learned to hold his breath for six minutes.
0: Oh, okay. Was it when he was in space?
1: No, it's when he was underwater. (laughs) Because he's going into space. He is going into space. Not for the the next one. What? He's going into space for a different movie that is not the next Mission Impossible movie.
0: I thought it was the next one.
1: Everyone thought it was going to be, and then it wasn't, and then he went into space for a different movie. Um, Speaking of... He learned uh, Halo
0: Jump, and that's a...
1: That's true. That's that's, uh, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh speaking of Mission Impossible, um this is I don't know why this is interesting to me. Um No Time to Die, uh used what is the what's the actual number? Uh 8,400 gallons of Coca-Cola for a stunt. <laughs> Jesus. And it's really interesting why they did it. Um so there's a scene you see some of it in the trailer. Um where James Bond is James Bonding around on a motorcycle and he lands on some cobblestones and apparently it was like super slick surface and they needed some way to make it grip better without ruin- ruining the look, so they just sprayed coke all over it. And it made it stickier, and so he didn't slide. That was just really cool. Movie magic, yo. Yeah. Crazy world. <laughs> Usually when you think of movie studios spraying coke everywhere, it's a different coke. <laughs> it's Carrie Fisher. <laughs> uh, too soon. Alright, uh, that's all I got for news. Got she did any? coke in the 70s. Yeah, and then she died.
0: Eh, unrelated.
1: Probably not.
0: Probably, she was getting up there. Not
1: that she old. Wasn't,
0: she wasn't like in the age where it's just... she. I think she was past the age threshold where she's like, Oh, we've lost like the like so young like no one said mm-hmm. like oh she the young good die young i was like right eh, she was in the, in the age threshold where she would die okay i mean maybe the cocaine
1: was probably a contributing factor
0: maybe anyway or the smoking she smoked a lot that's true a lot yeah i remember seeing a number it was a lot of packs a day during five also cocaine during five well yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man well, anyway, any news? that's all I got. You got anything? No. Slashers, huh? How about those? <laughs> <laughs> Slashers. Yeah. Slasher. I hardly know her. Ba-dum. That's all okay. the preparation I did for this episode. Awesome. That's not true. I did some preparation. Not a whole lot. I didn't have much time.
0: Also, I've totally been roasting you to all of my friends. How like for the werewolf thing? I was like, I've watched 15 movies. Mm hmm. And then I'm reading Dracula, and you're like, I watched a couple zombie movies, <laughs> and I'm just like, "I read piece of shit.
1: <laughs> two movies, two comics, and read one book, which is pretty impressive, given oh, yeah, the amount did, of time you I have. Oh,
0: and read uh, Walking Dead.
1: Yeah. Given the amount of time I have during a given week, I'm yeah. pretty proud of how much I did for that.
0: Yeah. I also then immediately defend the fact that I can watch movies at work. Yeah. And that's eight hours a day that I can just watch
1: movies. Yeah. You can put three on in the background on yep. a normal work day, and I... I can't. You can't. Which is disappointing. So slashers. So slashers. What's a slasher? It's a great question. It's a movie, you see. Um. Are you asking about the slasher of the movie or the slasher of the villain? The villainous, monstrous archetype? Yes. Well, let's answer both then. Yeah. Um. So a slasher movie is a movie that features a slasher. Slasher being the villainous monsters archetype. Oh man, I love it when those definitions do that. Where it's just like, "What's a slasher villain <laughs> monsters archetype?" You ask. Why? It's the, it's star, a, of a it's the star of a slasher movie. It's the star of a slasher
0: movie. I hate it when it's just like uh, a word. I know what it means. Like sorrowful. Like mm-hmm. what does sorrowful mean? And it's like, ah, full of sorrow. I'm like, you piece of shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, We've said an interesting fallacy here. We said the the slasher is the star of the movie, and they generally aren't. They're generally more of a background force of nature type monster.
0: Or are they?
1: Or are they? These are the questions we're going to apparently be asking today.
0: Yeah. It's like, I prepared a whole bunch, but then you just asked this question that has now put me in a corner, and I'm going to. (laughs)
1: I'm uncomfortable. this This isn't in my talking points. No. So. Slasher movie is, it's one of the most recognizable archetypical layout, like, this is exactly how the plot works. You have a small group of people, often conforming to very particular archetypes and stereotypes and just almost caricatures in some cases. Mm -hmm. Um, Cabin in the Woods does a really good job of laying out what those are. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, And they are typically trapped in an enclosed location um or not if not trapped necessarily then at least there is um some some reason that they are in a particular location mm-hmm. a particular setting be it um a sorority house re black christmas the original one and also just like so many other slashers uh small group of people isolated or at least well-defined location mm-hmm. um, Faceless murderer. Picks them off one by one. Not always faceless. Not always faceless. Friday
0: the 13th is a very faced woman.
1: It's true. Um, actually, Nightmare on Elm Street is kind of oh, yeah. the, the classic unexample of that, where the villain, you you see him right from the mm-hmm. start, basically. And that one that one kind of does some different things. It is a bit of a twist on the genre, I think, because... I mean, it's it's early-ish, 1984... Um, relative to I guess the uh, modern conception of the slasher, uh-huh. um, but it's still kind of at the point where it's you start doing some different things with the genre and yeah. kind of see where you land.
0: I know you've got points, but I want to just interject. No, go candy. for it. I don't uh, have that
1: many points. I'm honestly so just gonna kind of wing this stream of consciousness. At, and
0: that I think that implies that it is a it's a character that you get nothing. I, I think the faceless. Physically, yes, mm-hmm. where we don't see their face typically. Mm-hmm. But I think in the, I guess I don't think metaphysical is the right sense, and, and probably it's not
1: spiritual. Spiritual sense, yeah,
0: they're not faceless because, like, for a lot of the Slashers, so Jason, like uh, the mm-hmm. shape, mm-hmm. Uh, like you get their backstory, and also the mask becomes their face. Like Jason's not faceless because we can see the face, yeah. Uh, like the the mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a little little happy Jason, that little pimp Jason. Yeah, but I guess
1: like, I guess faceless in the sense that they are not humanized. They are, but sometimes
0: um, they are. They're like with Jason. He's like I, he drowned in Crystal Lake, and now mm-hmm. he's just out to murder virgins or some shit. Freddy was a was hunted as a pedophile, but he actually wasn't. What was the deal with that? He
1: was. He was. Yeah. So, like, I mean, he was he was mob justice and yeah. um came back to haunt the children of the people who tortured and murdered him. And Michael Myers, I don't
0: remember perfectly, but he he had a traumatic childhood, wasn't it?
1: Uh no, he was just a psychopathic murderer from the start. The opening scene of Halloween is actually this is kind of a spoiler and it's I know it's like a 40-year-old movie at this point, mm-hmm. but it's really cool if you haven't seen it um it's pov of someone like prowling around a house on halloween night um and you see a a teenage couple inside and they're starting to get a little frisky and they go up to the bedroom and it's it's all done um i think just as one continuous long take or there Mm -hmm. might be like some obvious hidden cuts i'm not remembering exactly Mm -hmm. um and you see them go up to the the bedroom. The door closes, and they have the fastest sex ever because the the like the thing follows them up, and they open the door, and they're already putting their clothes back on, mm-hmm. which I guess is true to form for teenagers. But... <laughs> um, and that then goes in here.
0: I'm done. <laughs> Whoops.
1: <laughs> and then it's a first person perspective of them getting murdered, and then um, the thing goes back out of the house. And um the police turn up and then it pulls out of the perspective and it's a six year old kid. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. And that's Michael Myers. He's just he's been deranged from the start. Mm-hmm. He came from a normal suburban family and just decided to murder her his his big sister and uh her her teenage lover. Mm-hmm. Um the Romeo to her Juliet. No. No.
0: <laughs> I hate when people use Romeo and Juliet It's like, oh, that's so romantic. That's like Romeo and Juliet. It's like Have you read the play? <laughs> Did you know what happened? <laughs> it's like when people say like when people are like, oh like Joker and Harley are so cute together. Uh, Dude, remember when I was like on a month rant about that when yeah. with Halloween, like two years ago, I think? Yep. I was losing my mind. Yeah. Because every time I see people be like, Oh, we're gonna be Joker and Harley, it's just like man you're romanticizing a not good relationship.
1: <laughs> yeah, Hannah and I are going to go as Batman and Batgirl and have that creepy relationship. No, how's that sound? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I think Halloween is kind of it does it well in the sense that it doesn't actually humanize them. I think the ones that don't humanize the the killer, the slasher, uh-huh. tend to be more effective. Um. My pick for the, um, just the the hands down best slasher of all time is the original Black Christmas,
2: Mm.
1: which is a criminally underrated movie. Um, Came out in 1974, four years before Halloween. Um, So it legitimately was one of the inspiring motivating forces behind John Carpenter.
0: Why did I hear recently that it's bad?
1: Because there have been two bad remakes. Oh, that might be it. Yep. I mean, there have been bad remakes for every slasher and its cousin. But... Um yeah, Black Christmas is like it is literally faceless killer, um, in the sense that we get some first person perspective at some point, but we never see it. Mm-hmm. We never see who it is at all. Yeah. We hear his voice, um, and we see some of the stuff he does. We don't know anything about him as a person. Um, we get some hints in some of the stuff he says. So basically the plot is. Um, creepy guy sneaks into sorority house around Christmas, um, and secretes himself in the attic. Um, and then, uh, he had prior to the start of the movie been making creepy phone calls to the house, mm-hmm. um, saying sexually explicit things and, um, violent mm-hmm. things and stuff. And, um, some of the girls led by, uh, gosh, what's her name? Uh, original Lois Lane.
0: Oh god.
1: Uh Kidder? Margaret Kidder? Margot Margot um, Kidder? Uh, I'm blanking on this. Um
0: Um Margaret Thatcher.
1: Yes, that's it. Right. Uh <laughs> let's see. Uh Margot Kidder. Margot. Yeah. yeah. But with the T. Yep. Margot. Margot.
0: I mean Margot Robbie. Right. Margot Robbie. T- <laughs>
1: <laughs> right uh yeah so Margot kidder is kind of the um uh promiscuous drinks a lot smokes a lot foul-mouthed um she kind of eggs him on when he calls just because it's like oh it's a creepy prank call let's yeah. uh let's try to get in his head or mess with him or whatever uh-huh. um then he ends up going to the house and starts picking off the sorority sisters one by one um coined a lot of the original tropes you know the they're getting picked off one by one the call is coming from inside the house is just a masterful scene like in the actual movie itself Mm. the way they do it is super cool um it's got the a couple of the archetypes um that cabin in the woods kind of lays out and breaks down specifically it's just it's really good and i think part of its effectiveness is the the mysteriousness the the literal unseen threat to yeah. make a call back to our to our attention episode, episode there yeah um we don't know who this guy is we don't know what his deal is exactly and that's part of what makes him so terrifying and unpredictable mm. um original texas chainsaw massacre kind of has the the same thing like you you mm-hmm. see leatherface and you see the horrifying cannibal family you yeah. don't really know what they're all about like Okay, they're gonna eat you. But why? How did this come to be? We don't understand that incomprehension, that that face of um, just the unimaginable violence. It's just it's we don't get it, Mm -hmm. and that's part of what makes it so scary. So that's one thing. That's one thing.
0: I want to double back on all the tropes. So do you have like a list of like the tropes that happen in slashers?
1: Yeah. So I have the uh, a list of the. Five archetypes as laid out by the acclaimed masterpiece Cabin in the Woods. Okay. Um, there are, in order of this particular list, the virgin, the scholar, the athlete, the whore, and the fool. I meant the like the tropes. Right. This is one of the tropes, that these archetypes exist.
0: Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah.
1: This is one of them. Um, so, there's the virgin, or the final girl, which is, mm-hmm. I guess, kind of a trope in and of itself. There's always the um, pure morally innocent girl who escapes to the end and survives um, often she is driven to a point of moral compromise or violence mm-hmm. along her journey um, see character arc yeah see Halloween and it's usually just forced out of self-defense yeah Halloween um, Black Christmas actually does it in a brutal way mm-hmm. um, alien honestly Ripley! Told you she was coming back.
0: Was she a virgin?
1: No, it's... It, she's more of just a classic final girl. Oh, okay. Um, she's not explicitly virginal. And this oh, is she... this is before the tropes had really locked into place. Mm-hmm. Like, you think about the original Black Christmas, the original Chex's, Tex, Chex's Tainsaw. There
0: you go. <laughs> Max's Tainsaw Massacre... Max's Tainsaw Tainsaw, tainsaw Chassacre. worth the joke
1: was that a joke nope okay uh alien um even halloween they don't really have those tropes except for the the final girl mm-hmm. um the one girl who survives um due to their moral purity
0: i think this might this might play into having those tropes is that we will all connect with one of them somehow okay uh because they're all very different so
1: like so mm-hmm. listen again uh the virgin the whore the athlete the scholar and the fool okay so, got it nailed it didn't even have to look at my phone
0: so if you think you're a smart person you, you like you're basically like the fool's i think typically a pothead if, for a lot
1: of the stuff in uh i mean in cabin in the woods yeah. definitely um i
0: think everyone can it's one of those things that like you have um and
1: jason x they're all the fool <laughs> idiots.
0: Um no, I think this is just one of those cases where you where you associate yourself with one of them. Mm-hmm. Like I would associate myself with the fool cuz they're usually like the ones that are like goofy and fun and like make jokes at everything and mm-hmm. it's like ah, oh, yeah, that's me. And then um, you die.
1: Huh? And then you die. and then
0: you die. And then you die. But like that's the thing is that like it except for being a virgin, there's that's typically me. a punishment. For each of them, they're yeah somewhat like you die somewhat related to your thing. Like yeah, if a you're football the football player, might die with a football going up his ass or something.
1: Or uh, to to break it back to bring it, make it a little more archetypical and. Um... I'm using that word a lot today. Um, I mean, that's good.
0: kind of what the it's four good. episodes are about. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a good, useful word. Uh, it serves my purpose, but I need to think of a, a useful semin cinnamon,
0: cinnamon,
1: c- cinnamon rolls. Man, we
0: really didn't. We're not warmed up.
1: Yeah, oh. uh, I forgot to do my vocal exercises. Excuse me a moment. Oh. Oh. Me, mommy, mommy, me, mommy, mommy, me. Me, me, me. Me, 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 baby. Leave that engage. No, the, the athlete is typically like the classic alpha male jock type jock, yeah. guy. Um, very masculine, very handsome, very confident, and fatal flaw is going to be hubris. Yeah. And he's going to be driven to ruin by his own uh, crazy recklessness. Pride off
0: comes right before the fall.
1: Yep. Sometimes the literal fall if you're watching Kevin in the Woods.
0: Hmm. Pride hmm lust yeah eh those are the only two that have like direct correlations yeah, yeah. i love playing with that kind of stuff like the one thing like uh, this is just a tangent with in game
1: no, I, I bet we can do this
0: um with in game when black widow died how all five represented one of the stages of grief mm-hmm. that shit's so cool to me like just when you like that's crafting your 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 plot Mm -hmm. and crafting your characters. And they all made sense for each of the people. Like Mm -hmm. Tony was kind of like detached. He's like, I mean, yeah, it's just the thing. Like cap's always thinking strategically. Like Mm -hmm. Hulk is smash. Like it all made sense. Anyway. Um, so pride and lust. Okay. Fool.
1: Um, gluttony. Sloth.
0: Maybe sloth. Maybe. Um, Who's the,
1: the the scholar?
0: I don't think that is really that great of like. There's the two main ones, but I think.
1: But we got one for Wrath, the killer themselves, Ooh. Yeah, that's. I was really hoping we could get those like the the other six yeah. laid out nicely and. Uh somehow work some other joke in there for the sixth one or something, and then I could lay down that bomb, and you're gonna be really impressed, and it was all gonna to come together in my episode That's gonna make sense. Breath
0: moving on moving on so yeah they all everyone's got some like everyone relates to one of them yep. and then also just hates the other one so like right. the there would be something like oh the fool thinks the the jock is just an asshole and then mm-hmm. when he dies like yeah ah, you get what you deserve and then when yeah. the fool dies you're like ah damn it that was me. Mm-hmm. um and i think it kind of it it pairs that um that satisfaction with the dread Where, like, you feel good that someone got what's coming to them, but then you're immediately going to get yours, too.
1: Right. Um, You raise an interesting point. Why is it so often in these movies, especially the, the less good, more schlocky ones, we find ourselves rooting for the slasher in the first place, rooting for this karmic punishment?
0: I think it's... That's a really... Interesting thing that we talked about with uh, Jason X, which is like may come out, I don't know, uh, eventually.
1: But it's a fun movie.
0: The thing with slashers is like, well, Jason X specifically is that there was no protagonist, right? Because they couldn't the, the movie didn't didn't decide if Jason was the protagonist or the actual character's protagonist. Mm-hmm. And so for Halloween, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is the protagonist, right? That's like that one's a very easy easy one mm-hmm. um but like i, I don't know what it, i think it's the we protect the innocent mm-hmm. like it's the the dread is like oh you have this this virgin innocent person and we have mm-hmm. an innate or uh instinctual desire to protect
1: innate that's the word innate, you're looking for
0: not inane uh
1: your general uh, mode of speaking is inane
0: yes uh protect the innocent protect but that's the child, innate to protect you. children uh um traditionally protect the women mm-hmm. because they're useless and you're getting there. Can't do anything. You're getting there. Keep going. Um, so we like we pro- we want to protect the 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 virgin, so we're rooting for the virgin to survive in the end. Mm-hmm. And then like then but then the movie makes the rest of them kind of enemies. Like we mm-hmm. want we hate them.
1: We're okay with seeing them die okay and satisfying seeing them in satisfying ways. Yeah. Alright. Why those other four then why are we okay with seeing them die? Is it because cause they're
0: not virginal and pure? I think it's because they embody the bad versions. of All the people we grew up with, Mm-hmm. like you know, and we all knew the jock. Like we're fr- we've all we're all friends with jocks. I got yeah. friends who were jocks. Yeah, but we also know the asshole jock. Yeah, that like you're like man, wish he gets a concussion in that football game. We all know the the um goody two shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nerd in class who's the teacher's pet. That if you are the teacher's pet, there was the other person that you were always competing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know the fool is just always like smoking weed in the bathroom and not taking life seriously when you're trying to take things seriously. Mm-hmm. Then there's the horror that's just like all she does is sleep around and use her body on TikTok to make millions of monies. Um, but and you're just like, you know what? I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. I'm better than you, and I'm going to protect this virgin.
1: Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think you, you sort of got there to, okay. to one of the points that I was kind what's of building your, up to.
0: What was your direct point?
1: We talked about this, I think, a couple of years ago on our Halloween years? episode. Yeah.
0: I don't remember what we talked about last week. <laughs> that was my episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, two years ago, we did a two-parter on horror movies, or maybe it was just last year. I don't remember. I'm not going to it up. has been a weird
0: weird year. Yeah. Weird
1: weird. Weird weird. Um. And we talked about kind of the history of horror movies a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and we talked about slashers a little bit, and I made the point, and I'm very intrigued by this, and I have some statistics I'm going to throw at you. Um, so, just as a reminder, frame of reference, there were kind of proto-slasher movies. Also,
0: I really do want to throw this in here really quick. I just shit on so many people for flaws that may be like that may be rooted in some very real problems like people that like like Mm -hmm. use their body on tiktok yeah may have self-esteem issues and stuff like that so i am by no means trying to belittle people i'm saying that those are the people that we as humans view as lesser than us because of we're humans yep and that's i'm trying to just to cover that base like fair enough so people don't go like oh Preston's a piece of shit who hates everyone that's not perfect like him yep not an elitist i
1: (laughs) All right, and i'm I gonna know. i'm gonna cover my bases and distance myself from your half-hearted apology and say no i disrespect all of you you are all terrible <laughs> i am a vicious on i am a vicious misanthrope and you gotta deal with it anyway <laughs> awesome. um just as a uh just as a reminder um black christmas and texas chainsaw massacre both came out in 1974 Uh, halloween followed in 1978 um alien was 1979 which i guess i should kind of go back and explain i kind of have hopped in here and just decided that alien is a slasher movie and a lot of people wouldn't go for that it fits the bill in a lot of senses it's a enclosed environment um faceless or at least dehumanized killer um small group of people final girl um picked off one by one um the the constant uncertainty the 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 Unseen Threat, just to bring that back, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a useful element. Um, it And then a bunch of lackluster sequels. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Aliens is pretty good. Good. And then the rest of them. I haven't seen any of the others. Except Prometheus. Nothing Boy, weird. did I see Prometheus.
0: <laughs> anyway,
1: your point. My point. I had a point. You did. Where did it go? Um, Alien... Fits enough of the slasher archetypes that I think it's useful to talk about it in terms of a slasher just with different window dressing. Yeah. Um, added in there. Um, Jaws is sort of slasher-esque, I'd say. Um, there is a dehumanized, faceless killer picking people off, but it's much less of an enclosed space. There's not the... Well, there's kind of the final girl. We can call Roy Schneider the final girl. Yeah. Except there's two of them that survive, so...
0: Did they get a better, bigger boat?
1: No. Oh. No, they had to swim. Did they? Yeah.
0: I don't know how that movie... I haven't seen the movie. I saw it's... Jaws 4D. You poor thing. I didn't. Oh.
1: That oh, paid I for didn't. Michael Kane's house. What? Was he in Michael... Was he in Jaws 4D? Uh, I think it was Jaws 4. Um, yeah. This is, a, this is Oh, f- Jaws
0: 3D is the... Okay.
1: Three, ...is the D one. Yeah. Uh, Jaws 4, Jaws the Revenge. Um, Michael kane is in it for some reason. Um he famously said, um, boy, I hated that movie. I haven't watched it since it came out. But <laughs> it paid for my house, and so I'm okay with it.
2: <laughs>
1: anyway. So Slashers. Slashers. Uh nineteen seventy four were kind of the two first examples of the genre. Those kicked off Halloween, which a lot of people recognize as like the first uh modern Slasher that is widely culturally aware I mean Texas, Texas Chainsaw people know about mm-hmm. um, But Halloween is kind of one of the or examples um, And then you've got Friday the 13th in 1980 um, Nightmare on Elm Street 1984 So early to mid 70s Is kind of when it starts it starts to pick up in the mid 80s I'm going to give you uh, Year by year The US murder rate Per 100,000 people Starting Uh-oh. in 1960. 5.1, 4.8 in 1961, 4.6 in 1962, 4.6 again, 4.9, 5.1, 5.6, 6.2, 6.9, <laughs> 7.3, 1969, now getting into the nice. 70s, 7.9, 8.6, 9.0, 9.4, 1974, 9.8, and then ticked down slightly to 9.6 in 1975, um, where it would remain for a good chunk of time in the the low to mid, well, high 8s to low 10s, spiking at 10.2 in 1980. Notice anything interesting? The number
0: 69, two years in a row. Nice. Ah, yep, that's a pretty obvious one that I'll have to point out.
1: That's a a very interesting one. That murder rate spikes in the late 60s. Slasher movies start really appearing in their most modern iteration in the early 70s. Yeah. I theorize. We've talked about this before. We did talk about this.
0: Movies reflecting.
1: And we actually talked about this exact point two years ago on our Halloween episode. But since we're kind of doing a soft reboot of the show, I feel like I can reuse my old points. I just did
0: the Japanese girl
1: katanas in your head <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no we there's a, a very clear spike in the murder rate mm-hmm. um and there's a moderate delay but it's like it's right amount of time where people will become culturally aware hey this is not just a one or two year thing murder rate is up yeah and it is up to stay and it's still climbing it's uh, enough time to start becoming a legitimate societal fear mm-hmm. Of course, entertainment industry is going to react to that. Yeah. Of course, you're going to get stuff that's concerned about random interpersonal violence. They
0: started getting stuff like ex machina happened, like that kind of stuff a a few years after like AI became a very real thing.
1: Once we started becoming aware of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then like, I mean, space travel stuff really became once we
1: started like traveling to space, traveling and like landing in space. Then the rockets went up and everybody wanted space toys. Toy Story Two? No? Okay. I tried. Yeah, no. Um you haven't seen Mindhunter yet, have you? Uh there's a very interesting scene early on in the first season where the main character um I always want to call him Holden Caulfield, but that's the guy from uh Catcher in the Rye. Holden something. Um Holden Holt. Holden Holt. Yes, that's him played interestingly by <laughs> how
0: have we not done that one yet we have we have reached the peak of that joke
1: uh,
0: that is the peak of that joke we think, can no longer i think we have to kill it now we have to kill the joke
1: all right rest in peace rest in peace
0: that joke that so many people you're gonna have to go back and yeah, watch like listen to so yeah. many episodes to get that joke <laughs>
1: That's okay. It paid off for the three people that have stuck with us. Yes. Uh where was I going? I was going so oh, um, Mindhunter, early on in first season, there's a scene um where so Mindhunter is kind of about the guys who first coined the term serial killer mm-hmm. and started to figure out what these guys are all about, what mm-hmm. serial killing is all about. Um and they're like it's a couple of FBI agents that become cynical and just kind of shocked and aware of uh, a trend of random violence um violence that's not motivated by greed lust pride sloth envy wrath the usual go-to's mm-hmm. um gluttony did yep. you kill someone for gluttony
0: yeah you ate my pie i'm gonna slit your goddamn throat
1: you know i bet it's happened yeah oh yeah I've done it. <laughs> Isn't that what the Red reading was all about anyway? No. Okay. <laughs> I may have misinterpreted that scene. <laughs> um, no, just this sudden, like, I don't know if it actually happened or if it just, people started becoming aware of it. But in the early 70s, just random interpersonal violence. Yeah. Violence for violence's sake. Violence for the sake of your psychologically deranged and want to hurt people
0: what's happening in the 60s and 70s
1: civil unrest that's what
0: yeah there it is
1: yeah so you got people I was thinking more like vietnam but vietnam is a symptom of a larger yeah larger disease there um you had uh mlk um, civil rights but then the mlk assassination in the late 60s you had the um like the detroit race riots in 1968 um You had uh, uh, I don't remember all of it Mm -hmm. Um, Kennedy assassination And then the other Kennedy assassination Um, Just So it was a bad and messy time Yeah Um, Good things came out of it And a lot of bad stuff came out of it And a lot of people looked at Things that were happening And saw Moral degradation um, Got hippies in the counterculture And um, down with the man kind of spirit mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people were like this is this is not good this is this is a problem. We need to protect the innocent virtues came back. Hey. that's where the I'm guessing kind of theorizing mm-hmm. out of my butt here um, that this the the other archetypes are all representative of some form of moral degradation. Um, you have the, uh, well, the, the fool, the, the screw up, the, the counterculture guy who doesn't want to mm-hmm. conform to society's norms, man. Um, you've got the intellectuals, um, the ivory tower elitists in the scholar. You have the the sexually promiscuous, uh, and the, the whore. That's the I'm girls. Pretty sure that term went out of fashion <laughs> in like 1923.
0: Yeah. Or when was the women's suffrage movement? Actually, wasn't it?
1: Actual amendment was passed in
0: 1920. Yeah. So probably before that. Maybe that
1: 21. Was, I was getting like, it mixed up because it happened either a year before or a year after the only guy to ever die during a Major League Baseball game. Like, exactly, to the date. <laughs> My head is full of s- some really weird and random I, trivia. I, I just
0: want to dwell on the fact that your knowledge of women's suffrage is dependent on. A baseball
1: fact I was really into baseball when I was like nine I wasn't into women's suffrage when I was nine <laughs> moving on it was more part of my formative experiences and we're not moving on because I feel the need to defend my love of baseball I love baseball shut up
0: It was less about your love of baseball and more of like the fact that you know <laughs> A very important part in our history <laughs> and in women's rights. Hey, at least I have a mnemonic for
1: it. Do what? At least I have a mnemonic for it. That's fair.
0: I, my mnemonic for alcohol is eighteen and twenty-one.
1: Right? Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Actually, did you
0: not know that?
1: I mean, I knew. I'd never put that connection together. <laughs> I knew all of those pieces of information, just not in that <laughs> order. <laughs> gotten really off topic haven't though yeah, so this is we really fun. Uh, and the the athlete is, I guess, almost sort of a self-indictment of, hey, maybe not everything we have done in the past is good necessarily. Maybe um sort of this cocky swaggering alpha culture has mm. been destructive in its own way. Um, so all these forms of moral degradation are destroyed by their own flaws. And the virginal innocent is protected, but because of the violence, she is often corrupted and coerced into participating in the violence. Um, the good slashers often leave things somewhat ambiguous as to whether she actually will survive into the mm-hmm. future. And it's a, uh, you know, I, I think it is very much just a reflection of the zeitgeist. Yeah, um, it's a. It's, it's what people were afraid of at their most base elemental level. Interpersonal violence. Societal degradation. Uh, that was kind of the, the big point I was trying to build to there. Um, we could really, I mean, we could go into all of the different tropes. and
0: Let's talk about some stuff. of the tropes. Let's, okay. see, let's see how some of the tropes can Hit me with some tropes. It. I don't know. You're the one that has the notes. Yeah, but I didn't
1: take notes.
0: Ah, oh, shit. <laughs>
1: um, slasher... Tro- well no a good one is I mean characters making Relentlessly stupid decisions There's that Geico commercial That I kind of like where it's oh. like Let's <laughs> go in the back. attic in they the basement it for a while. Why don't we get in the running oh, car No we gotta go back to the chainsaw <laughs> Let's go ahead
0: find the chase. Chainsaw. <laughs> I think well the one that really Stuck out to me when you were listing the tropes uh, From Black Christmas Is picking them off one by one mm-hmm. And I think the, the essence of that Is being separated from the pack Mm -hmm. um which is terrifying yeah actually kind of harkening back to me talking about uh spirited away where like it it's the fear of being taken from your comfort zone and like that's where you're going to get got
1: is spirited away a slasher movie (laughs) did we just prove that it has it has (laughs) it has it has a creature literally called no face the faceless entity
0: and it's an innocent girl.
1: And it's an innocent girl? Who survives. Who survives. But she gets her parents back, though.
0: Yeah. And there are no lukewarm sequels. Because Miyazaki refuses to do sequels. Fun fact. Good on him. Anyway. I think we just proved it's, it's a slasher. It's the fear of being separated from the past. <laughs> yeah, and, the uh,
1: the isolation. The you're the old and the sick and the weak that's being weeded out.
0: Yeah. And, like, none of the others really do that because... So none of the other archetypes, because mm-hmm. if a zombie horde's showing up and have ten people, you're all gonna die. Yep. Um, you can have the vampire. Vampire does it a little bit, where if they're gonna take you, they're gonna take you. But,
1: but that's that's more because the the we're interested in the vampire's perspective of their sophisticated and their planners yeah. and stuff. It's not the random violence is going to separate you out and get yeah. you.
0: Um, but it, it is the fear that like. That they get taken the first time that they separate from the pack, which instills this fear of the the killer is sitting there and waiting mm-hmm. and has time. Like it's me when I'm playing Assassin's Creed when I'm sitting there in a damn hay bale for 30 minutes. Again, super boring to watch, mm-hmm. but like I'm sitting there watching all of the guards in their patterns, and I'm like, okay. So when that guard hits that point, that's that they're completely vulnerable, and I'm going to go and take like. Holy shit, Assassin's Creed just like flips the You're the slasher. I'm the slasher. Yeah. Um and it's just like the fear that they're sitting there and waiting because when the moment the first one goes it's like all right, they're in the house. Mhm. But you've got these people and like you know as a viewer what not to do. Mhm. But I think it's 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 the the movie, I think this is specifically this is it's less of the movie saying this is what you're afraid of. It's you as a viewer going I don't have control to stop this mm-hmm. like it's like you lose control of, and you watch stupid mistakes mm-hmm. and I think that's something because all of the movies do they have stupid mistakes yeah like even early on they're like we got to stay together and then they still make stupid mistakes and separate mm-hmm. the movie is saying look they're making stupid mistakes and you can't do anything about it yep and that hurts a human yeah when you have no control over something that you know is going to end horribly yep and I think that's I mean that like it's putting a,
1: Giants and Eagles on Thursday night football.
0: <laughs> it's uh it, like it's the visceral it's the numinous fear of lo- lack of control.
1: I don't know if that is exactly where numinous would apply, but
0: Give me the third kind of fear then. What's one that would apply?
1: Existential.
0: And there we go, that'll work. Existential fear. Yeah. There's a lot of existential fear in slashers. Yeah. Because it's just like it's if you do like the characters like uh, even it, a good i feel like a good slash movie would apply all this stuff where mm-hmm. each of the archetypes does portray a degradation of what was the degradation of like
1: morality, morality society
0: um while also making you like feel them like you you feel a little bit of every single one I think like, I think mm-hmm. a good slasher would do that, where you're like, oh, like I like this element of each of one, well, each of them, so I mm-hmm. kind of relate to them, while also making you look in, inward on mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm a jock, like this is me, like my hubris is my mm-hmm. flaw, while I'm also like a virgin and a whore because you can be both of those if you're a woman in our country for some reason, mm-hmm. um, like you, you get all of that, so you're you're both inwardly looking and then also so now that you see yourself in every single character mm-hmm. you're like don't open the closet mm-hmm. don't go in the hallway and they do and you're like no me no person that embodies a small part of me i can't stop you but you're gonna go die now and then they die and like part of you is like Damn it! Part of me just die, but also like take that you slut. <laughs> like, like it's it's a complication of of mm-hmm.
1: emotions. Boy, I that just realized that Black Christmas nails it again. <laughs> like you have, I it's I mean this is basically the first modern slasher, mm-hmm. and you have rough approximations of some of the archetypes. Um. But like they're i mean they're they have some legitimate connections mm-hmm. to the the actual archetypes in some sense they you have a lot of people who have particular moral flaws and who can be boiled down to some sort of essential character elements mm-hmm. and you like them and sympathize with them despite their flaws and it does hurt when you see them die, yeah um further slasher tropes uh there's the um well. In all of the inevitable sequels, there's the, he's not actually dead. Oh, yeah. Which is... I think that just plays to the unkillable. Yeah.
0: There's nothing scarier
1: than a thing that can
0: kill you that you can kill it. Oh, no, you can't.
1: Yep. It can kill you and you can't kill it. And it works at its best when it is played to some sort of ambiguity in the original movie. Yeah. Re-Black Christmas, re-original Halloween. Um, Like, okay, we've survived, we've won, but at what cost is it a a permanent survival yeah what's gonna happen here
0: not like you cut off its head and it's just
1: like ah I'm coming back I'm growing another one because I'm Jason (laughs) um which at some point either you're just an unkillable monster too wrapped up in your own mythology and you kind of lose that ambiguity um you either die a villain or you live long enough to see yourself become irrelevant (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's the
0: real one. That's the real world one. Uh, I have seen that you either either uh die a hero or live your, live to see live long enough to see yourself become Sherlock Holmes meme 9 times in the past week. Me too, and I don't know why. I have seen it every I've seen it on Facebook about 4 times. I've had two people send it to me in various ways. Mm-hmm. I've seen it on Instagram 3 times. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bree Larson for Sherlock Holmes? No. Probably not. No. Huh? You Oops. ever watched we talked we talked about uh Bree Larson and her just uncharismatic personality, right? Yeah. There's like the Charisma Academy thing on YouTube where it actually breaks down how she is just she just does all the faux pas of being charismatic. Mm-hmm.
1: I never watched the thing, but I listened to you tell me about it. Yeah. I didn't remember that until this precise moment. I don't like her. She's, I haven't seen Short Term 12, which is, or Room, which are kind of supposed to be her, like, Oh, I don't know two, about her acting skills. Yeah. I
0: just know she's, she is a person as an annoying person, apparently. Fair enough. According to everyone that works with her ever. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Anyway. Anyway. I mean, can't be worse than Gary Busey. I've heard horror stories about him. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's do one more trope because we're an hour and forty nine minutes, and Gage is gonna have to knock this down to fifteen.
1: Oh, poor. Um, oh, the uh, the killed direct uh, during or directly after sex in a sleeping bag. I think that is <laughs> <laughs> that's that might be my all time favorite slasher kill. Where it, like
0: that's... he like picks up the. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, I think that I think we can. We can lean on our vampire episode there, where it's you're where you're most vulnerable Mm -hmm. physiologically, and it's just like I'm gonna put a knife in your penis.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, lust, lust comes back, and it's uh, a lust is one of the sins that undermines you and destroys you. Your own lust is your own destruction. Um, Your sexual promiscuity and moral degradation has put you at risk of violence. It has. And the connection kind of breaks down. It's not a perfectly literal one-to-one you die analogy. You in
0: bed. You get stabbed at your, uh, that's the, what was the, uh, I think that's from the original Friday the 13th where she was in bed and like the mm. girl came through her neck mm-hmm. or the knife came from came through her neck. That's your sloth. Your okay. gluttony is like, um, oh, you want to eat and you're going to go into a pantry to like get more food even when you're not supposed to be, cause you should be rationing or whatever cause your car is broken or some shit. And then they're in there. And I kill guarantee
1: you that movie has never seen that scene has never moved in any that has ever. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I'm saying, though, right? Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: Loss of Sex. Pride is like, oh, I'm going to beat him up. The athlete. The athlete. You go out into the. That's an easy one. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: Wrath is the slasher. Right. Wait, What's we the other one? one? Uh. Trying a blank. I have it pulled up. Let me see lust um,
0: pride wrath gluttony sloth greed greed i feel like greed and gluttony are too close together although you could say it for everything like you lust for food you lust for money it's pride <laughs>
1: yeah like
0: um we need to do an episode on the seven deadly sins and like all oh, how that because seven deadly sins fascinate me mm-hmm. just like the fact that like that has been brought into media so much yeah maybe we'll do it when shazam 2 comes out yeah
1: it'll be good good and relevant Whenever the hell that happens shazam 2 released i did well i tab. think
0: we've distilled it down to
1: the fact that june 2nd 2023rd 2023rd <laughs> that's a long way Jesus. i'm struggling
0: um <laughs> slasher movies Make us look at ourselves mm-hmm. dirtily yeah. by throwing character flaws that everyone has in our face mm-hmm. and then watching those flaws be the downfall, be the reason that we are killed, mm-hmm. and also removing any semblance of control because we do see ourselves in the characters mm-hmm. and want them to survive in a well-done movie, mm-hmm. uh, but we can't control stupid mistakes.
1: Yep. And it's a, it is a reflection of our fears of random, unpredictable violence.
0: It, I think this is the only one that actually, like, it shoves human flaws in our face as the victim. Yeah. Not as, like, the appeal of the other things. Where, like, vampires, like, oh, I like to live long, like, sashes and appeals, stuff like that.
1: There's no appeal to being a a slasher.
0: Yeah. It's the, I mean,
1: I wouldn't mind being one, but.
0: Slashers is the. does a really good job of, de- of, of the fear of being the victim. Of mm-hmm. uh, you are
1: stuck. In some sense, it's the most elemental horror movie. It's just you are afraid of the monster. Yeah. And that can be very effective. Yeah. In the right hands.
0: So that's why we keep going back to Slashers.
1: Also, because they make money.
0: Also, well, no, that's why we keep going back to watch Slashers. Oh. Because we liked it think of ourselves as shit yep. and on that note that concludes our four-part series our halloween foursome our halloween foursome fearsome foursome 4g 4g there you go shall we?
1: <laughs> we shall thanks everyone for listening uh this has been just us losers i feel like i should have a little sign off bit there or something um yeah. i i've been i've been your loser batmat um you can find this podcast on soundcloud itunes spotify podbean iHeartRadio, and probably other places as well but i don't know i don't keep track of those kinds of things um you can find us on youtube uh there's a nice condensed version of our actual discussion portion of the episode if you want to send that to your friends who are not sure if they'd like us and you you want them to get just kind of a taste of us there's kind of a boiled down the best bits Which, if you were to take the actual best bits, it would probably be 15 seconds. And it would probably be the 15 seconds where we're silent. And that's probably (laughs) really the least bad parts. But you know how it goes. Um, We're on Facebook. uh, Where we... I mainly use Facebook as the basis
0: for our ads.
1: Yeah. So if you want to see our advertisements, go to Facebook. I guess. Um, If I had time to create content, I would post it on facebook yeah. some of it or our website which doesn't exist yet but okay well it exists but it's not usable uh not what i'm talking about uh we're on twitter at Justice losers pod where you can tweet at us um we're on instagram at Justice losers pod where that seems to be where a lot of the fan engagement stuff happens we did a a poll on uh episode topics that people would like to see yep um we got some very interesting responses. We got a couple people that asked us to look at cold cases that have recently been reopened. Um the only cold case I'm gonna be opening is a cold case of beer. <laughs> huh. That was the other joke I prepared for this episode. Nice. <laughs> uh not really our stick, but you know what? I don't know. Maybe we can, we'll find we can make
0: an episode. We'll out find
1: of it. we'll find a way to work it in look, somehow.
0: Look at our Instagram yeah. today when you are listening to this, because we will have had posted the follow up to that post
1: mm-hmm. posted
0: the follow up to that post where we actually like said what episodes we're going to be doing based on the suggestions. Mm-hmm. We use every single suggestion in some in some capacity.
1: Yes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want to reach us, you can hit us up at any of those mediums. We also have a Gmail. Just us losers at Gmail dot com. Um, tell me what your favorite slasher is. That is the fourth entry in the continuous saga.
0: I'm and kinda curious.
1: So specific. Yeah. I don't know. Do they do they start getting good at the fourth ones? Are there are there ones that cycle back around and like Nightmare on the Elm Street Four? The Elm Street? That's not how that goes. Nightmare on the Elm Street Four. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> this is my nightmare on whatever road this is. Nightmare on Elm Street Four. Is that one any good? I don't know. Someone tell me. Um next week, uh the movie watching experience part two. Part 2. Tar, tar, d- what? Part deux. deux, That's French. Part deux,
0: deux. Un, deux, trois. hey!
1: Movie, movie-going experience. Movie-going experience part, part two, two. Talking about uh how movies and chains and theaters and stuff have tried to add layers of sensation to the move going experience. Be it Smell-O-Vision or 3D or 4D or, or IMAX. Yeah, that one. So we'll be talking about that. If you have thoughts, if you uh, if you have been to a Smell-O-Vision movie or a 4D movie, I'm legitimately curious. What was that experience like? Send me an email. I'd, I'd love, to, love to hear about it. Um, if you have movies that you think worked really well in 3D, aside from Avatar. I know about Avatar. We'll talk about Avatar. It's going to happen. Despicable me. you are despicable. Go away.: Aww. Let me End know the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know. Uh yeah, all right. I've probably said everything at this point. So yep. thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Let's See what this chord is.